Welcome to Maximum Mom with Elise Buey, where you'll hear from women who are navigating the same messy journey as you. Lawyering, entrepreneurship, and mothering, what a trifecta. We're here to share tips, resources, wins, losses, and encouragement for moms who are raising a family while building a law firm. So you feel less alone in your journey toward a fulfilling career and being the best mom you can be. Hey, this is Elise Bowie with the Maximum Mom Podcast, and I'm here with Erin Levine, who I lovingly refer to her, though she doesn't know this, as the queen of legal tech. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so excited to get to talk to you today. This is so fun. Yeah, it's awesome. Thanks for joining me. I really appreciate it. And I don't know, you know, we're a new podcast, so I don't know if you've had the opportunity to listen, but I mean, we are focused on what I call the holy trifecta, being a mom, a lawyer, and an entrepreneur. So can you tell us a little bit, first tell us about your momhood. Who, who's in your family? Who do you deal with on a daily basis? I am a mom of two girls. They are five and eight, almost six and nine. So, you know, we're getting to a little bit easier of a stage. They're not like crawling around, you know, you're not trying to keep them alive every 30 seconds. (laughs) Yeah, but now you're dealing with precocious young girls. Oh, God. Yeah, they wanted makeup sets and vanities for for Christmas. Oh, yeah. That is awesome. And now what about your lawyer role? Tell us a little bit about how you came into life as a lawyer. Well, I started practicing law in 2005 and opened my law office, Levine Family Law Group, a couple years later. That's Levine Family Law Group in Emeryville, California, although we just got our 30-day notice to quit. So we're going to have to figure out where we go next. Um, And then three years ago, I launched Hello Divorce, which is an online web platform that helps self-represented folks navigate the divorce process start to finish using our software which is kind of like a TurboTax for divorce, but people do have access to legal assistance and lawyers as they need it. So um, that's really my baby these days. And is that, that's all over the place. Aren't you opening Hello Divorce in other states besides California? Yeah, so we're live in California, obviously, and Colorado. We are about to launch in Utah, and then we'll start taking on some of the bigger states soon. So our goal is to launch a new state every two months. That is amazing. Wow. It's exciting. Oh, it's so exciting. Well, and so exciting for the family law industry, because I mean, there's so many self-represented people who can't afford full representation and don't really need full representation. I mean, let's be serious. And they can do this through your legal software. Tell us more about Hello Divorce. Sure. So we also offer mediation, which is obviously a great option for people that do have a complex estate or do have some serious disagreements on divorce key issues, but they are committed to staying out of court. And for those couples or ex-couples, mediation is a great fit for them. But Everyone has who is a member of Hello Divorce, a starter member, gets access to all our resources, worksheets, tools, cheat sheets, et cetera. And those include things like sample terms for your divorce agreement, Hello Divorce planning worksheet, a parenting plan template. We even updated and did a new resource for terms that you may want to include in light of the pandemic. 
So those are key and free because access to justice is like truly a value to me. And I want people to feel like they have access to good, important information. Our software is really geared towards people that are working on an agreement. So if you're in a heavily contested divorce, we are a good resource for understanding how the process works, mm-hmm. but not the best resource if you really need representation or some advocacy. So we have several different membership levels and you really pick it depending on your needs and your budget. So as an example, our most popular membership level is DIY Pro. And what that is, is that the user goes through guided online interviews that auto-populate their divorce forms. And then a legal assistant steps in and helps them to file and serve and just like generally comply with the procedural requirements. That is amazing. I mean, you really are the queen of legal tech in my mind. The fact <laughs> Thank that you. you were able to do this, I mean, and think of it and just like birth this new baby of amazing legal tech. And I mean, such a huge access to justice piece, which is so lacking in the family law arena. I mean, either people have money and can afford us and, you know, get all that work Mm -hmm. or they can't. And then they end up often with some crazy, you know, parenting plans or crazy things. And I'm like, well, I know. Well, that's the thing. I mean, DIY is terrifying. And creating a DIY service was really scary for me because we as family law practitioners have seen Well, all of us, right? Anyone who's watching, if you're a business attorney, you've seen the nightmares and the perils of DIY. But the bottom line is, is that the vast majority of people going through a divorce are self-represented. Absolutely. And there was really nothing out there that gave people access to not just the tools, but also to a lawyer if they needed one on like a 30 minute or one hour basis. And so- Like, it just felt like, okay, I'm going to design this the best way I know how. And if anybody's equipped to do it, it's us experienced lawyers, right? Because we know our consumer and we know the pitfalls and we can't help people totally avoid them, but we can help them to at least know when they exist and give them access to the help that they need if it comes up. If they decide not to, that's on them, you know? Right. Well, and just identifying some of those pitfalls, like when I think of parenting plans or, and especially in COVID, I mean, I'm sure at your firm, you've seen all kinds of crazy, you know, people who are like, we've got to come in for emergency hearings on these things. And here in Seattle, I mean, our judges came out and said, this is not an emergency. Like, don't bother with your, your travel COVID problems. Yep. It's, it's like the wild West out there. Absolutely. No matter where you are, even if you're not on the West coast, I mean, our judges have been very clear about that as well. They've also been very clear about, listen, if you do something to keep your kids from the other parent, like this is going to come back and haunt you. We might change custody. So, um, but yes, we've seen it all and, and some really legitimate claims as well. Oh, it's been wild. I mean, I found over Thanksgiving watching some of the claims come through, you know, with the we had our state governor, you know, came down with a lot of orders around not doing things and quarantining and not going places. Yeah. Judges saying you can't come here. We're not going to hear it. And if you keep the child, you're going to be in trouble. I mean, it was like, okay, what are we supposed to do? 
I know, I know our weekly team meetings have been very interesting. I should have recorded them. Maybe I will going forward because, I mean, this is on the law firm side, but because, you know, we've literally heard everything and, and, and the whole, you know, oh, what? We, we went to Vegas, but we were super careful. Super careful. (laughs) I bet. Yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. We've gotten the super careful a whole lot. Yeah. I'm always like, uh, you're, you're flying across the country is probably not classifying as super careful. Right. I mean, we've seen how a lot of marriages have ended in divorce because of people's comfortability or lack thereof with risk. Absolutely. But I don't think we've, and, and we've seen the occasional custody issue where like dad gets an ATV or mom for the child, like a, you know, and, and there's a freak out there. But this is, I mean, as you know, like thousands of people hit up Hello Divorce in March when they didn't even know whether or not it was safe or if they were allowed to do an exchange of children. So it's been um, it's been a wild year. Yeah, well, I think there's been so many issues in the family law arena through COVID. I mean, just one of the issues that has come up with us a lot is when somebody is married or living with a new partner who's a healthcare worker. Yes. And so then that becomes this whole issue of, you know, do you then expose that person to the healthcare worker? Is that a heightened risk? Is it a reasonable risk? I mean, you know, and it's been fascinating. I feel like we've been doing a lot of little trees to try to figure out where all the risks are and, you know, how can we mitigate them in a way that makes sense where both parents can have contact with the child, you know? We need to have a dual, a double firm uh, Zoom call so we can bounce ideas off each other. I think it would be really fun. I know that like my lawyers in particular are feeling like it's starting to get to them, this like lack of connection with other people. So maybe we'll try that. That would be fun. (laughs) (laughs) I think that'd be a great idea. We'll share a little bit with our listeners about how do you deal with combining these three roles? I mean, let's be serious. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've got three exceedingly full-time roles. I do. How how do you do that? Yeah. I mean, and so does every mom I've like talked to in the past year. Well, I, I'm fortunate because I love them all. Like I love all three roles and you know, it's definitely true. I'm so distracted because the gardener's like in my face right now, like in the window. He's lovely, but he's just like staring at me. I mean, as he like does his job and you guys would all laugh because I have a backyard. It's like the tiniest yard ever. But as you know, when you're running a law firm, own a startup and or a mom of little kids, like any help you can get, right? Like your last, your podcast episode was on delegation. Absolutely. Okay. So it takes an incredible amount of boundary setting and noticing. Yeah. Like I spend a lot of time noticing how I feel, not just the thoughts, because thoughts circle in and out all the time. And I try not to give too much meaning to them because usually they're very negative. Right. Like you should be doing this or you right. should be doing that. So a big gauge of how I'm doing is how my kids are just like their morale. And if they're generally doing okay, I feel like everything is, is okay. Right. Um, but I, you know, have consciously worked really hard on figuring it out what I like best and how I can get to a place in my life where I get to do that a lot more. So I hardly ever practice law now because I was burned out and needed a break. 
And that was something that I planned. It took three years to get there, but I planned it because I knew that there's just no way I could do it all. I could not litigate on a regular basis and be a mom and run another company. And so I had to do it slower than most. And I had to think about whether or not to take investment because if I did, then there would be an expectation that I would move much more faster than I was prepared to do. Right. Very interesting. I think your point of looking at your children's morale is just brilliant. I mean, because that is such a huge guidepost, I think, Mm -hmm. of just the whole family dynamic. I mean, and if their morale is good, you really can, I think, step back and say, okay, things are pretty okay. Obviously, Mm -hmm. they're perfect. You know what I mean? No, right. Problems and things. Tantrums. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But in general, I think that is a great way to look at it. I mean, have you been dealing with like the in-home remote learning in a way? Have you watched your children's morale change through this process? Yeah. I mean, online learning was like impossible for my five-year-old. She treated it as a game. And as we know, games are fun until they're not. And so, you know, the first 10 minutes every morning would be amazing. And then after that, it was just a nightmare. So we're fortunate enough that I was able to get them into a pod and they're my kindergartner. I pulled out of online school and just put her in to like our own curriculum because it wasn't working for her. And the pod is amazing when it works. If the kids show any signs of like a cold, we have to pull them out, get a test, quarantine. So I would say like of the four-ish weeks in a month, they're usually in the pod like two weeks because the other two weeks, there's like something going on. Today, they're in the pod. So I was supposed to have a totally quiet house. And, you know, I pretty much do, except for the landscaping happening outside. (laughs) That's awesome. I hear the pods are a great way to handle remote learning. I mean, because I don't think remote learning is for everybody. I mean, some kids I think are doing okay with it and others... I think it's just a big old nightmare. It is. It's really hard. Like my five-year-old's a little bit behind. My eight-year-old is way ahead. So she's done with her work by 11 a.m. every day and just like, you know, trying to keep busy and not get into trouble. Right. (laughs) Well, when mine were young, I used to homeschool my kids. I actually quit practicing. What? I know. It's kind of crazy. Amazing. And I homeschooled them for a decade. So I had four of them at home homeschooling. And it worked out really well because it was at the time that Hurricane Katrina hit. So we were homeschooling in New Orleans and then Hurricane Katrina hit. We evacuated. So from that perspective, it was actually really lucky we were homeschooling. You know, so we didn't have any disruption like in education or whatever despite the evacuation, but it was funny. My oldest son literally would get up at like 5 a.m. every day and I'd have all their stuff prepared the night before. So he would know what he had to do. He would get up, have all his work done by like 8 a.m. I mean, practically before everyone else was awake. I love it. Okay, I'm done with everything. So I'm going out. And when we lived in Minnesota, we lived on this little lake and he would just go out. They would build all these boats on the lake and do all these random things. The neighbors thought we were like that feral family. you know? The feral, like total hippie. But that's so great. I mean, 
play is so important. Oh. I'm biased because I went to a Waldorf school and yes. you know, Waldorf school, you don't learn to read until like third grade. Totally. But it was the best thing ever. Ever. Yeah. I love the Waldorf education. I think it's amazing. Yeah, well, I'm a huge believer in play. I mean, I just think kids mm-hmm. learn so much. And when my kids all ended up back in public school, at some point, one of my sons was like, what's the actual point of this? He's like, you do realize nobody actually is learning anything. And I was like, <laughs> I'm like, they are actually learning. It just doesn't seem like it. He goes, but right. they don't really like it. He goes, nobody wants to read a book. Nobody wants to talk about things. And it's, I definitely, all four of my kids are these kind of weird, you know, little, they like to learn things on their own and they go off on these little tangents. But but. they seem so self-assured. Like your kids know who they are, who knows who they are in their twenties. Like I'm in my forties and I'm just starting to figure that out. So something worked beautifully. And I, I agree. I love play. I, I don't like to play with my kids like I really don't like like playing dolls and like stuff like that I like force myself to do it but I like love the conversations that come from it all so that's exactly the way I was the thing I did love to do was bake do you ever bake with your girls are you kidding me you do not there you do not want to see me in the kitchen this is the closest to the kitchen you get me I'm like you know where my desk is but like it is just there have been too many terrible experiences in the kitchen. So no, I don't bake, but, but amazing. That was the thing. I love, I fail at cooking. I mean, I can cook my good new Orleans dishes, but other than that, Mm. I'm always distracted. So I would like burn things, but we could do. And then we always had my one child who's the Marine. He was always the one to monitor. So I didn't burn it. He'd be like, I'll stand watch. Oh my gosh. That's so beautiful. Gosh. Yeah. We definitely had to work. We'll take back all those terrible things we said about him earlier. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. Baking was a lot of fun. The Guild is an insanely productive community of lawyer entrepreneurs with a growth mindset who share their collective genius and hold each other accountable to take their careers and businesses to the next level. But in 2021, we are upping the game. In addition to exclusive access to the group, FaceTime with the two of us, discounted pricing for live events, and front seat exposure to live recording and podcasts and video, we are mapping out for members the exact growth playbook with our new program, Maximum Lawyer in Minimum Time. As a Guild member, you'll build relationships and experience content specifically designed to complement your plan for growth. For a limited time only, the Maximum Lawyer and Minimum Time program will be offered for free to all new Guild members. Join us by going to maxlawguild.com. Well, tell us how do you combine when you're thinking about being a mom, being a lawyer, you know, handling your law firm, also handling Hello Divorce. How do you divvy up your time and what do you delegate? I mean, you must delegate a ton to be able to function. Yeah, I do. I delegate everything, (laughs) everything except for social media. I mean, I certainly have help around like creating images and scheduling and stuff, but I, I really feel like in earlier early stages of your business, it's so important to find your voice. And really the only way to do that is to actively participate in connecting with your community and your clients and your colleagues and things like that. But I do, I delegate everything. I, um, those of you that are into legal tech might know, um, 
Oh my God. I'm so, I'm forgetting Janine's last name oh, of next chapter yeah. bankruptcy. She's my friend Janine on Twitter. And not only does she have this great newsletter, but she did a podcast several months ago on delegating like life stuff. Cause I know really well how to delegate work stuff. And I have a, a wonderful, wonderful virtual assistant. She's in upstate New York and she's just incredible. But I struggled sort of like with life stuff and I felt guilty and things like that. So Janine has a, has a great list of things that you, can, that, that you can delegate. And that's been really helpful too. So I think delegation yeah. is, I mean, life delegation was, for me, it was the turning point of being able to take on more and kind of do more things was being able to get all the, I mean, even the email communication from schools. I mean, we, yeah. I had six, we had six kids. I mean, oh my God. One year that we had, it was like, we had one in freshman in college all the way down to elementary school. So we had elementary, middle, high in college, you know, obviously all different oh schools. Gosh. No, no two kids ever went to the same school because that's how we like to be. And oh. it was just crazy. I was like, wait I a minute. I can't even imagine. Who's I mean, parent teacher conference am I going to? There And we, these days you get like an email, a text, uh, app notification. And for two kids, I'm like, was going bonkers. Yeah. So what I do is I choose the few things that I like or that my business really needs. And I keep those. And then pretty much everything else goes to others. And it's the most cost-effective way that I've found to run my businesses. But it's also like the only way that I've found that I can do as much as I want to do. Absolutely. Um, How yeah. did you get over that hurdle? I mean, I do think that's a big hurdle for a lot of moms. I mean, I talk to so many people and they're like, I can't afford to pay somebody to clean my house or to come in and, you know, help me with maybe cooking or prepared meals or to do all the school gifts. You know, you've got to buy this and make these cookies and do this. I mean, how did you get over that where, you know, when you're starting out and you're doing something and you're trying to be cost conscious, I mean, how do you, did you help yourself in your mind getting over that? Yeah. I mean, when I, when I was first brought on some help, I chose a virtual assistant who has different plans. So I started with like 10 hours a month and then moved to 20 hours a month. And I think now I'm like at 30 hours a week or something, but like she has different plans, which is excellent. And then as far as the house, like when I was a practicing lawyer, like practicing regularly, I would look at things that I could hand off and in exchange, bill some more time. Right. So I said to myself, okay, here's what is most important. At the time it was having someone clean my house and having someone help with meals. Here's what it's going to cost. And these are how many hours I need to bill extra to be able to cover that. I actually ended up not needing to bill that much because we raised our rates and we changed, we played more with the billable hour and subscription models so that we had some recurring revenue coming in, but it gave me peace of mind. This is what I need to do to be able to cover it. And I also told myself, if I can't afford it, then I'll get rid of it. Right. And I never have had to. And I don't know anyone who has, like, except when, you know, we've struggled here and there with like COVID and things like that. But like when business is as usual or unusual, right. you know, we've been okay with it. So I think, you know, that's 
that's been key. And also what's been key is really documenting processes, right? And making sure that there's more than one person in the organization or in the business who has access to this stuff. So that if somebody leaves or somebody gets fired or somebody, whatever it is, like there are other people that can pick up the slack and it doesn't always fall on you. Absolutely. That is, oh my, that is so key. I had an attorney go out one time on medical emergency maternity leave. And I literally got Mm. like 15 minutes notice. She was like, I'm at the doctor. I am out like peace out for months. And I was in a mediation. I remember going outside, you know, of the room talking to her. She's like, so I'll tell you about all 30 of my cases right now. So I'm literally like scribbling down notes, trying to, it was the most horrendous three weeks I've ever had in my life. And of course, just because this is how life is, I end up in the emergency room about four days later and they tell me I need emergency gallbladder surgery. And I was like, um, not happening. And I said, I'm leaving, like, I'm not doing it. They're like, well, you know, you'll have to sign all this against medical device advice. I was like, I can't, like, I'm literally oh, cannot do so it. Stressful. Oh my gosh. Crazy. Well, so that is when I met Melanie Leonard. I literally mm-hmm. called her and I was like, clearly we need some Clio help. And so, I mean, that was the beginning of my entire like build out of Clio. And I've become a freak now where awesome. I'm I'm like, everything must be in Clio. Nothing can be in your brain, you know, like it to be written down in Clio. I mean, I'm kind of crazy though. I drive my, no, it does. Well, I mean, and it, and it does it, it, for us, like with the business sort of behind the scenes, if it's not in Asana, it doesn't exist is what I tell people. Like if it's in your head, it doesn't exist because no one is expected to extract that information. (laughs) Like, sorry, you're on your own. (laughs) It's so true. And trying to get people to realize how important those processes are and that the information must be gatherable in minutes by anybody. It's, you know, it was really lucky in a way that it happened because it forced me into a thing that I probably wouldn't have done. And then in a way we had another attorney this year during COVID got very injured on a horse. I mean, had to have Mm. surgery, emergency surgery, but she was my best Clio girl. She puts everything in. So literally I was able to just go in, move some tasks over to different people, boom, 30 minutes later, problem solved. And I was just the whole time. Well done. I was like, oh, she's the best. I was like, look at her, put everything, Cleo. Totally. It's been really helpful to share with the other team members. Like, look at this. Imagine what would have happened if she didn't do that. You know, so it's been kind of helpful of another little real world example, though obviously I didn't want her to be hurt. But um, it was it was helpful in that regard. And I can at least bring it up because I feel like a lot of the team members don't fully understand about getting it all in there. Yeah. It's been hilarious to me because like um, I'm a Gen Xer and my Gen Xers like follow the rules. They like get it done. They become indispensable. They, they will complain tons, but not so I can hear it. It's my millennials that threw a big fit. I was like, you guys grew up with technology. You're supposed to like buy into this and love this. <laughs> I, they also have not wanted to work from home. 
they have pushed back so hard on that, which is hilarious to me. I'm like, hello. And whereas the Gen Xers are like, yeah, this is amazing. I'm never going back. So it's been so interesting. But yeah, like getting people to get on board with it is tricky, except when you have like the best software ever. Like as an example, um, of course, we're Clio users. I love Clio. But Laya is what my paralegals use. And um, that for like form generation. And they love it so much that they have like so fallen in love with that software that now when I bring up other software stuff, they, they don't balk as much because they trust that I, it's right. not going to be as much of a trial and error as it was in the past. So uh, <laughs> we haven't gotten to law yaw, but I mean, I've looked at it. So it's good to know how much you like it. Cause I really do look up to your, you know, legal tech. <laughs> it seems like if you like it, then we will love it. We absolutely love it that, you know, you can use it for several different things. And for California, we have tons of like those standardized forms. Yeah. And so for that, it's just absolutely brilliant. And we're just starting to use it for like other purposes to like document automation. But really, I think, you know, like my go to doc automation sources document. So, you know, we have lots of different software for different things that we do, but we're, yeah. Have you started using the Clio Connect for clients that was announced at the Clio conference recently? Yeah, we haven't. I mean, so for our law firm clients, we don't use Clio. Well, we use, we don't use Clio for our straight hello divorce clients. We use Clio for hello divorce sourced legal Mm -hmm. coaching. We haven't gotten, like our team, our our clients haven't gotten 100% into it yet. I think part of it is like, we haven't gotten hundred percent confident right. with it. And so like, if we were, it might be different. So I think like, as time goes on, like the goal is really to make that be the, I mean, email so inherently unsafe, but right now our like a lot of our clients really just love it. Yeah. So in the exact what we situation. do use though, is we drop all of our emails into Clio. Oh yeah. All of them. Absolutely. So, yeah. Yep. That, that's another thing Melanie Love helped it. us learn was make sure it's all in there. So when somebody goes out, we're not, you know, having to search through their email inbox and find, you know, that latest email from the opposing counsel or whatever. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. So that's been super helpful. Well, what are you thinking about what is going to happen? Like, I mean, I know we're both on the West coast, so we both, I think, deal with a lot of the same COVID mindsets, you know, over here in our little Western bubble. I mean, what are you thinking when you're talking to your team at the law firm? I mean, are you thinking they're going to be back in the law firm in 2021? I know you just mentioned you had a situation occur recently with the law firm. Yeah, I'm not sure. We, Hello Divorce has always been remote. It will continue to be remote. Levine Family Law Group has not, it is now. We just received on December 4th, a 30-day note notice like we were on a month we've been on a month to month lease for like 10 years and we just got the notice that we have to vacate which is like christmas covid we just had more lockdown orders here like kind of stressful so my lawyers really feel like clients um have embraced 100 percent remote meetings and have said things like it's amazing that our meeting is actually an hour not the like hour beforehand, I've got to like fight traffic, pay for parking, get upstairs, you know, all that stuff. So my lawyers are really feeling like this is like here to stay in terms of like the remote meeting. But I will say that um, 
you know, one of my, my top lawyers loves an office. It's very, very important to him to have an office. So I'm sort of like, do I buy? Do I get go into the right. co-working thing? Like, what are we going to do? I don't know. Check back with me in a few weeks right. and um, we'll have an amazing plan, I'm sure. What <laughs> an unbelievably horrible time. I, I mean, know. What? Who? What? I know. I called them and I was like, are you serious? Like 10 years, you can't even pick up the phone and call me? Like, well, Really? From the 4th of December to the 4th of January, during a lockdown with the holidays, like that seems so beyond the pale of not reasonable to me. I mean, you you could. I said, said, look at, I'll be taking 60 days. So I mean, yeah, exactly. exactly. What you need to do to adjust your legal paperwork, but also screw you. Yeah. Um, But uh, they're fine with that. It'll be fine but it, oh, yeah. it was shocking and not cool at all. Yeah. <laughs> You'll figure it out. I know. I mean, the joy of the pivot during COVID, which mm-hmm. I guess all of us, I think it's great though, that you're having those conversations with your team about virtual, not virtual. I mean, because I think that it's really reasonable. I mean, we've been virtual for five years and awesome. so, COVID, That's so good to hear. Yeah. It didn't impact us, you know, from that standpoint at all. I mean, if anything, I mean, we've grown hugely during this time, but I mean, we love virtual. And I mean, I started virtual solely because I was a mom and I wanted to Mm -hmm. be able to be there for my kids after school. Mine were older at the time, like in that, those teen years. And I knew that, you know, picking them up from school when they weren't driving was a really important thing to do because you definitely get all your best information in the car as you're driving home. So true. Yeah. The minute they get their license, it's like, all right, you now are going to have to be much more creative to get that same information. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I can't even imagine that. That's freaking me out just thinking about it. But yeah, I think, I mean, I had never worked from home really before. I always liked going into the office, but this has been amazing. I've totally adjusted. The mothers on our team are a hundred percent on board, but like the younger people are struggling. Like they, they miss like the connection and like, yeah. So I was thinking, like I was telling Stan, um, one of my lawyers that like maybe having a co-working space would feel good. Like when, when it's safe and all that stuff so that like, okay, you won't be seeing me and everyone else every day, but at least you'll be like connecting with other people and in other professions too. So, you know, if anybody has any ideas, send them my way for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think people are really coming down all different places in this. Some people are buying buildings now. Some people are, you know, deciding they're going to be at home. I mean, I think people are all over the place with this now. And I, yeah, Most I mean, definitely. You. you're handling it, of course, as expected, completely. You're going to figure it out. And by January 4th or February 4th, you'll just have your next best plan. I hope so. I feel like that meme with the, um, you're sitting in the middle of like everything's a fire around you. That's how I like, I feel like all the time, but I, I have a really good game face. So, yeah. <laughs> I always say that entrepreneurs are really chaos junkies. I mean, we I do- am. Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, I think that's, I kind of think we all have ADHD. That's probably going undiagnosed in most cases, you know? <laughs> yeah, and- for sure. <laughs> And we just, you know, we keep, I keep saying that it's like a big experiment. I feel like we experiment, fail, experiment again, succeed, fail. I mean, you know, it's just constant. Yes. 
But I do think that it's important to look at too. Like we do get that rush of adrenaline. We do well in chaos and crisis. But what I started to notice about myself in this last year is that like, I can't only get my best work done in crisis and I can't create situations that bring on a crisis that ordinarily would not because there's too much unknown, right? right. There's too much that can result in actual crisis or, or medical issue or whatever it might be. So I've been really trying to like work on my mindfulness and that's around that piece too. Like it's possible to make progress in your company when, when you're not, you know, feeling that crazy, Right. rush of adrenaline. I think that is such a good point. I mean, in meditation and mindfulness, I mean, I don't do well with those. I'm still working at it. I have to say we're all a work in progress. It's total <laughs> practice. I will yeah. never say I'm good at it. Like, that's, no, <laughs> I mean, I feel like a little squirrel, you know, I'm that meditator that I'm like, I'm meditating totally the squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm fine. Like I get up and I'll go do something. I'm like, Oh wait, I was meditating. And my husband's like, Oh my gosh, that was a meditation fail. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> well, it's I'm okay. I know it's hard, but I'm so glad you were able to join me today. And I know you had to move some things around in your, your mom life. And I really appreciate that. It was really nice talking to you. And we wish you all the luck in the world with your next decision. Yeah. Can't wait to learn what you decide, whether it's co-working, by building, work from home, <laughs> who knows? Thank you. I love chatting with you. I could chat for hours. So let's set something up soon, whether it's, you know, for business or, or not. This is really fun. Yeah, well, you enjoy the rest of your day and happy holidays to you. I hope you and your family you. have a great holiday. Thank, mm, thank you so much. Okay, bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Maximum Mom Podcast, a production of Maximum Lawyer Media. Be sure to subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. See you next time. <laughs>